0: Evening, ladies and gentlemen of the internet, welcome back to the Love the Graps podcast, uh, wrestling podcast, where we talk about wrestling. Oh, I'm bored of doing this now. Um, just uh, Chris here, just uh, stopping by, just going to do a little brief introduction to a thing. Uh, We've got another edition of uh, our good friend Joe Atherton's interview series Tables, Athers, and Chairs. Um, that he he referred to as tables, ladders and others this weekend Um, which is wrong, he just doesn't know what he's talking about he's an absolute fool, I tell you I spent the weekend with Joe at Super Strong Style 16 tournament Uh, we were tucked away in a special pen for VIPs and massive weirdos Uh, you decide which category we fall into Uh, But what follows is an interview that Joe got uh, on the, I believe, on the final day of Super Strong Style 16 with uh, David Starr, uh, who who had a good run through the um, Super Strong Style tournament. Uh, And uh, if you were there, you saw it. If you haven't seen it, you you can see it on the Internet, probably. I don't know. I don't know. You work it out. Uh, That's on the Progress Wrestling thing. You know them. Uh, the wrestling people that put on wrestling shows in London. Ah, little company. Um, So, Joe and uh, David Starr have a little chat. Uh, uh, It might be entertaining. It might challenge your preconceptions a little bit. I don't know. Um, You just have a listen, and if you enjoy it, good. Uh, You can get on YouTube and follow Joe's YouTube channel, so do that. Uh, But thanks to Joe. And away we go.
1: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Tables, Others, and Chairs today we're at super strong style 16 final day here at alexandra palace in that there london uh, today's guest he is the cream in your coffee your favorite wrestler's favorite wrestler the jewish canon the physical embodiment of charisma the most entertaining man in professional wrestling the bernie sanders of professional wrestling the best of the best mr american rana Davey Wrestling, the 104 Minute Man, the main event, he's really good at Twitter, He is the king of taunts, he is the product, David Starr. Sick. How's Sick. it going, man? It's going really well.
2: It's going really well, man. I'm, good. I'm glad we got that intro done, take two.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, secrets revealed. Uh, <laughs> how's it, it going, going, man, anyway? back
2: that curtain. It's good, man. I'm sore from yesterday.
1: Yeah, um, quite a... a hurty match with zap very hurdy, very hurdy. i'm quite sore my legs are pretty sore yeah you know, flip flopping around like a fish at the end
2: leaning on a lot of stuff <laughs> constantly you know so tried to sleep with my legs elevated so that it wouldn't be a source so the blood gets away from it but no i'm i'll be okay and we'll see what's in store for me today
1: cool so uh let's start at the beginning um what basically made you fall in love with professional wrestling
2: wrestlemania 12 uh sean and brett and then after that, it was kind of like a way for my stepdad and I to connect. Uh, we had basically just met, and he was trying to figure something out. He was a wrestling fan from when he was a kid. And then we watched WrestleMania 12. I loved it. Uh, then we went to, like, this local video store, and we got, like, all this. It was it was great. Um, we got all the old-school NWA tapes, all the old-school, like, AWA and WCW. It was, it was fantastic. We watched all that old stuff, and that's kind of made me fall in love with it.
1: Um, what characters did you like then growing up like when you first got involved in wrestling oh
2: my first my first favourite is superstar Billy Graham he was the best he stood out from everybody else you know everybody had like everybody had uh, short dark hair right and they were clean shaven uh, and wore like like dark coloured trunks which is with like boots and stuff and everyone had like a power lifter look and he was the complete opposite of everything he had fucking blonde hair he had giant mutton chops he was like a bodybuilder looking guy uh he wore long tights that were tie-dye and bright colored and he just stood out so much he was uh and and let me just in his interviews he was just so charismatic he's the most imitated man in wrestling history um so yeah superstar billy graham was the first person i ever gravitated
1: towards so <clears throat> how early did you decide that pro wrestling was something that you'd like to do because i know you have like an amateur background yeah
2: Well, I started amateur wrestling because I thought it was going to be pro wrestling. So when I was like seven years old, my gym teacher uh, in the middle of class was like, who's interested in wrestling? Because my local, there was a local club opening up. And I was like, uh, yeah, me, because I didn't know anything about amateur wrestling at all. I didn't even know it existed. Um, So I told my parents, and my parents were like, yeah, let's do it. Especially because I had terrible hand-eye coordination at the time. Like, I'd throw a ball up to myself and miss it. Um, So they were like, oh, this might be perfect. No ball involved with this sport. So I did it. I thought it was going to be pro wrestling, and it it obviously turned out not to be i still liked it um so i stuck with it but like i i always wanted to be a pro wrestler but i kind of put that dream behind me for a little while because i was just kind of bought into the idea that i wasn't able to do it then i saw cm punk's pipe bomb promo fell in love with it all over again as my eligibility was coming out uh wrestling in university because you only have four years of eligibility uh i decided whatever you know i'm just going to go for it and i contacted the wild snow training center and got started
1: So is that where you, like, began your, like, pro wrestling training?
2: Yeah, Yeah, the Wild Smolens under Samu. Oh,
1: cool. Yeah, it was sick. So uh, where was, like, your first big break and how long did it take for you to, like, actually get on a show before (laughs) actually training? How long was, like, the transition? And was it a difficult transition, like, going from amateur to pro wrestling?
2: Um. At first, it was a difficult transition because I was told by, like, somebody who was taking me in, one of the assistant trainers there, he told me that, oh, it's great you're an amateur wrestler, that's not going to help you at all here. And I was like, oh, okay. So I was told to completely abandon that thought process, and that was not supposed to be anything I did. Obviously, it's extremely wrong, and that person just is very blind to the real world of professional wrestling. But uh, I was the fastest graduate in the history of the program, so I had my first match, like, a month later, um, which was probably way too early, but it ended up going really well. Uh, so then I just things kinda of started happening. And as far as like my big break, I'm still kinda of waiting. still kinda of waiting for that, you know, like I'm on cool shows and stuff, but the other day I'm not uh, I'm not the rock. So, you know, you're everyone's kinda of always waiting for their big break, I guess, unless until you're at that rock, Cena, Hogan, Austin, Flair kinda of level. I mean, you know, that's that's really what a break is, right? When you become a household name.
1: Can you remember your first match and it was against? Yeah,
2: a thousand percent. It was uh February 18th, 2012, and my first match gone supremely great. It's on YouTube. At least the first, like there was. So what ended up happening was originally I was supposed to lose, and I was losing with uh, the guy had his feet on the ropes, and uh, I had like five of my college buddies there, and there was like six, and there was like I think like three or four of my friends from high school that were there, and they were just going so crazy for me and for my match. And to start the show, we did a promo, so like we literally set the match up that way and then um when he beat me the crowd went so ballistic mad that samu just came out on the fly and was like no no no, restart this match and then they he called you know he passed the spot to to have me go over all of a sudden so so my first ever match a month in the training i have samu and who's like a bona fide legend in professional wrestling coming out telling him to restart a match and i have to call a new finish on the fly like in my very first match so it's like we we did that and we went you know it was it was it was cool, man. It was cool, and it was a really cool moment. Part two isn't on YouTube, by the way, but part one is like, when Samu comes out. <laughs> uh, the second part where I actually win isn't on there, but uh, it was a cool, really cool moment, just like
1: like one of the best nights of my life.
2: And that's the night before my 21st birthday, too. Sweet. Yeah. Um,
1: CZW, obviously, a place that you work quite often. Um think you believed that you started on a tag team, was it?
2: Well, so I started there about a year after uh i started wrestling i started training at ccw and i had a couple like dark i had two dark matches uh both of them were uh both of them were tag matches but they were just random tag matches like one was with a bunch of dreamer tommy dreamer students the other one was a bunch of ccw students um and then my first match i ever had on their eye pay-per-view was against jt dunn in a singles match and then they just kind of paired us together because literally we were supposed to we were told there was only one spot left on the roster and then DJ actually said to us, whoever gets tomorrow over is going to get the spot. <laughs> Straight up what he said. And so we just decided, whatever, let's just have a fucking sick match. Went out there, we did really well. Crowd was super into both of us. Uh, and then he was like, okay, guys, you're both going to come back and we're going to have you tag. And we were really not into it at first. We didn't like, we didn't like the idea because we both kind of wanted our own thing. But then we kind of came together and we had a good little run for a while. Uh... But yeah, I started as a singles guy, technically. But it really, pretty much right away, went into a tag team.
1: Um, You mentioned CZW. um, Obviously, you've had slight run-ins, shall we say, with a small section of their audience. Sure. Um, How do you deal with, like, anti-Semitism in professional wrestling? I know that it's... In the whole scheme of things it's like 00001 point one percent of a worldwide wave fan basis, but obviously it's unacceptable and yep. it must like really get under your skin and there's a a clip of you on YouTube, obviously, where you finally have the straw that breaks the camel's back with fans yep. throwing the pennies in. How how do you deal with all that stuff?
2: Um well you know, for a while I kinda I just it was like I ah, ignore it. It's not worth my time. Like they're just they're just dicks or whatever. Like and they're not going to change. Which is a fair. I think that's a fair thought process for people to have. But then after I went uh, to Germany and I saw the concentration camp and stuff like that, and I just kind of really felt more in touch with who I was uh, more than ever. Mm-hmm. And then I, when I came back, and then that happened because they had been throwing change at me before that too. Like they'd been, but I just kind of was like, oh whatever. They're just jackasses. Like I'm not going to pay attention to them. But then it was just again, like you said, the stroller broke camels back. I just was. Things just kept piling up. I was feeling a certain way. I was very, uh, just feeling very aggressive about the, the thing. And that just set me off. And um, how do you deal with it? I mean, everyone's going to handle things their own way. Me, personally, I think, that, I think that they have the right to say what they're going to say and do what they're going to do. As long as, it, I mean, throwing things into the ring is actually not appropriate, especially change, which could hurt yeah. somebody. Um, but you can say what you're going to say and say what you want to say. I don't agree with these anti-Semites. I don't agree with people in gen- like in just life. I don't yeah. agree with these bigots. I don't agree with homophobes or sexists or uh, racists or anything like that. But we have a society with free speech. So they have the right to say their hate speech. But it's our job as a society to police that hate speech. That's the one thing. Like, Yes, they're given that freedom, but freedom of speech doesn't mean freedom of consequences. So we are supposed to as it's our job to see, hear that, see that, and say, "Yo, that's you're an idiot." No, that's not appropriate. You're wrong. We're all the same. We all like. So, how do you deal with it? You tell people that they're they're wrong. You tell people that they're they're not thinking clearly. You tell pe- you have to just let them know why their opinion is
1: so egregious. Nice word egregious. Like yeah. It. Um. So it's. I mean, even in your name, David Starr, sure. it's not like you hide no. the fact that you're Jewish. No, no, no. Um, do you think being Jewish is, like, a huge part of your character? Or do you think it's just, like, who you are as a person? It's inconsequential and you're just representing sure. that, you know, belief or sure. religion or whatever.
2: I mean, like... If you if you were to take a character named David Starr and put him in the '80s, he would probably be coming out doing like a Gila, wearing yarmulkes and doing the, the whole nine yards like that. But that
1: sounds like know, a darling. guy that was uh, about pretty recently.
2: <laughs> uh, he's a jackass. Let's
1: not give him a platform anymore.
2: <laughs> um, but uh, you know, it, it's just kind of who I am. It's not my character. It's just something I pay homage to because. And actually, that idiot that we, you were just referring to, I'm going to not even name his name because that's he's not I not completely worth it. agree. Um, but when he called me To try and pitch me an angle so That we would feud Jackass um, he, One of the things he said is How else could I portray a Jewish character I'm like Okay, as if the only possible way To portray a Jewish character Is to put every stereotype out there Like what a complete bellend um, I, And I said I was like, you know, I'm a Jewish character Like, I'm Jewish in real life But my character is also Jewish and I don't do anything like that. There's nothing... I have a logo and my name. And that's it. You know what I mean? So so what's, what, is, what is the issue? Um, so is it a part of my character? Yeah, of course it is. It's, it is something. And I think that uh, Jewish people, whether you identify with it as your religious belief or whether you just kind of are there with it being a part of your heritage and who you are as a person, like a Semitic race, um, then... It, it, it it's something that yeah we I think we carry a chip on our shoulder I think there is a bit of that kind of feeling to it so it is a part of you everywhere you go, uh, but again I, I don't I don't like as much as I don't hide it I'm also not throwing it in people's faces as well you know there's a, there's a there's a balance there that you have to have because you have to respect that other people aren't going to be on the same wavelength as well like so yeah it's just kind of it's it's a it's a very loaded question good question there that's nice.
1: Um, cheers. Uh, you spend a lot of time in the UK yeah. and uh, a lot of time in Europe as well with a uh, WXW. Um, how would you compare the European crowds to the American crowds?
2: Uh, it's more of a social event over here, and uh, and obviously just with the football culture in general, like there's more s- songs and the, the chants are different. Um, uh, even my girlfriend when we went when she came to the states with me went to a few shows she doesn't like watching wrestling in america but she likes watching wrestling here not because of the talent or anything like that but solely because of the atmosphere cuz here it's a social event you know cuz there's people here that maybe they don't like wrestling but they're going to have a great time at a wrestling show, because they're with people, even if they don't enjoy the product they see, you know what I mean. They're still hanging out with people and doing all that. Whereas in America, I think you have to be in order to go to a wrestling show. I think it's more geared towards people that are wrestling fans. It's harder to suck in non-fans in America than I think it is here. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's a great it's just a great environment. I do I'm a big fan of wrestling over here. Uh, I, I'm happy that I've made it kind of uh, a home to be over here, and uh, I'm glad that I've. I'm not one of these Americans that kind of comes over for a weekend uh, I'm, I get to stay during the week and kind of embrace the culture and watch English television and you know like hang out in Germany and go check all so it's, it's, it's nice man, I, I've, I've been very fortunate for wrestling to be nice to me
1: What's your favourite uh, TV viewing over in the UK then?
2: The Mighty Bush gotta be that or i've gotten more into i've gotten more into ricky gervais now like i loved extra like i watched extras for the first time straight through yeah extras is great incredible
1: i actually prefer extras over the office do you yeah see i could see that
2: i liked uh, but now uh, so obviously i watched the american office and now i watched the uk and i love the english office There for watching it it's far superior to the american office it's more that uncomfortable awkward comedy and ricky gervais gets away with being able to have Social conversations, while also being satirical, so there's something kind of. He gets away with some. Him and Stephen Merchant just like they they get away with fucking murder, <laughs> but it's it's great, you know. And and they're not afraid to have to put themselves out there and have that, those kind of important discussions, even if it is in a comedic sense. Because um, now, hey, comedy is like the best place for news and social in like civil discourse, I guess at this point, because um, it's the only place where you don't have to be sensitive, um, or you can get away with being. Less sensitive, uh, So it, I, I, yeah. But if I'm looking at just one program, The Mighty Boost is the way to go. Do you want,
1: do you watch any of the soaps?
2: No, I, I. What was the um? What's the one that's really really popular? Uh I kept hearing about it, and my girlfriend's mom watches it. And actually, when we were in, when we were in France, she, she like just mapped out a specific time just to watch the soap opera. It's like a very
1: EastEnders. Yes,
2: yes, EastEnders. Yeah, because uh, oh yeah, and then in. Um, in ex- in extras, Stephen Merchant's client is the guy from. He said, "Yeah, it's oh, great." Sorry, watched- yeah, I haven't I haven't watched I haven't watched Eastenders.
1: You don't miss him much. It's right, really bro. depressing. I
2: thought when everyone kept talking about it, like watching these TV shows and like and I thought that it was just a normal show, but I guess yeah, a soap
1: you won't buy a, a house on that property cuz there's an alarming mortality rate on that street oh, it's shit. like ridiculous oh, God. especially around christmas okay somebody usually dies around christmas oh, on east enders so oh, man. yeah if you ever thinking of moving to england don't don't go to albert square no yep. yep. just avoid it saint, is it saint albans Albert Square. Oh, Albert Square. I was don't go, say. don't go, It's okay. It's a fictional place. But okay. Don't go there. It's, well, well, it's
2: just almost, death. Danger, almost as dangerous as Sesame Street.
1: Oh yeah, you totally. Yeah, yeah. Homeless yeah. people everywhere, just trying to be grouchy and yelling. Yeah, at people living in trash cans. No, yeah, totally. Terrible. Um, speaking of WXW, getting back to the old wrestling, uh, you're developing quite the rivalry with a uh, certain big Austrian gentleman. Who could that be? Uh, big Walter.
2: Oh, oh! yeah. I was yeah, gonna man, say yeah, yeah, Big Daddy
1: Walter, yeah, yeah. but he's not going Daddy by that man. monkey here anymore.
2: Yeah, no, no, no. He's not. He's not Big Van Walter. He's not Big Daddy Walter. He's just Walter now, with all capital letters. Um, yeah, Walter's. You know, he's he's the thorn in my side. Uh,
1: That's a big thorn.
2: It's a very big thorn. <laughs> very big thorn. Uh, or a giant monkey on my back, type of thing. So, uh, yeah, we've got we've got quite the rival. Here's my first ever match in Europe. Um, and so it's kind of fitting that he's been the one thing that I haven't been able to conquer yet, considering that I haven't gotten my 16 carat win. Um, you know, now that I'm eliminated from Super Strong Style, I'm not going to get Super Strong Style. So the two tournaments that I'm really pushing myself for, I haven't quite gotten. And on top of that, I haven't gotten through Walter yet. So it's like that's got to be that I got to climb that hill or climb that mountain before I can get to the other side. And uh, yeah, I, it's it, people seem to like our matches. I don't really like him because I never get the right
1: result, so... You got a moral victory at Defiant the whole yeah, way.
2: I eliminated him from the Rumble. That was cool. I also eliminated him from the Shortcut to the Top Rumble. Ah, so cool. I, I, for whatever reason, throwing him over the Top Rope is perfectly, is, you know, good to go with that. You know, I got that down. Maybe but you
1: should have a Rumble-style match with him. Yeah, one-on-one. Throw, like,
2: elimination <laughs> over the Top Rope match, and I'll, I could win that one easily.
1: Um, Whenever you wrestle, keep for... Working as a good guy or a bad guy. I just like
2: wrestling. I like doing whatever the fans want to do. I like just being me. Um
1: There must be a certain bit of fun antagonizing people, though. Yeah,
2: there is, and there's also fun. But there's also fun being their their little their hero as well. So like, there's there's good bits to both, and there's bad bits to both. Um, the good thing is that fans nowadays seem to get that just because you're a bad guy doesn't mean you're a bad guy. Like you understand, you're playing a character.
1: Like Thanos. Yeah, yeah, you know. Uh <laughs> be honest, you've been in a shopping centre. There's people walking around getting in your way. You wish you could just snap your fingers and get rid of half yeah, of them.
2: Yeah, I mean, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. My brother... Oh, man, if I could... I, I don't even think it's appropriate for me to say some of the things my brother has said, like, in a joking sense, because people just take it out of context and yell at me. Um, you know, with all capital letters on Twitter. Uh, but um, that seems to be the popular thing to do these days.
1: And hand claps in between each word.
2: Yeah, of course. Oh. I I genuinely love tweets that have hand claps in between each ones it's like why are you doing this? I love it. It's great. Um I I don't really have a, fa- a a preference healer face. I kinda go through modes in my in like just going through life kind of. I'm like, Yeah, I really wanna be a bad guy today. Oh yeah, I really wanna be so it is kinda funny how you, you just feel those kind of characters, but I don't have a preference necessarily.
1: What well, do you say the toughest part of being a professional wrestler is would it be like being on the road all the time? Or? Yeah.
2: yeah, definitely, because it's hard, you know... I'm the pain. <laughs> well, yeah, sure, sure. Physically, it sucks. Like, you know, it, it, you wake up sore. Like, even, even just today, like, just, like, sitting up out of bed, I'm like, oh, damn it. And that happens almost every morning. Or um, not being able to find a comfortable spot to sleep, like, direction or something. Um, but, no, like, it has to be being on the road all the time. And uh, it's hard to maintain real personal relationships especially ones that you've had your whole life that people that aren't on the journey with you um i've been fortunate to keep the ones you know the ones that really matter they stick by uh and i have a couple of like my best friends that i've known since i was you know 12 years old some even earlier than that uh that i'm still very close with they're still my best friends to this day um and they're not in wrestling whatsoever and that's good it keeps you grounded uh that's definitely the hardest bit because I've lost a lot of people that I would hang out with and are, do all that so there's definitely a lot of loneliness involved but um, it's still, you know it's, it's what I've always wanted to do for my whole life and being able to be in the ring even if it's for five minutes is a, a rewarding experience
1: Okay, what I want to do now is a quick word association Ooh, game okay. um, I'm going to say some names and you say like first things that come into your head Sure Okay, um, Jack Sexmith. Uh, potential Walter. Big. Yearn Simmons.
2: Charisma. Or I shouldn't say massive for him, but I'll say charisma.
1: Jordan Devlin. Bay. Los Federales Santos Jr. Hysterical. Chris Brooks. Uh, The Cramps. Absolute Andy. Dad. (laughs) <laughs> I should have said old He would, If he ever listened to this That'd be great
0: <laughs>
1: Sammy Callahan Um Influential Eddie Kingston Storyteller Shane Strickland Incredible CZW
2: <laughs> Is it bad to say Zandig Because that's the first thing That came to my mind Uh <laughs> Yeah, it's it. I was going to say, it's Andy. I
1: think about it. WXW? Um,
2: oh man, that's a tough one. WXW. Um, I, see, I was going to, the first thing that came to my head was to say home, but I have so many homes at this point, like I do, but I genuinely feel home there. Um, word association, WXW, WXW. Um... Learning because it's always a learning experience every time I go there. I feel like WXW is one of the few places, well, not one of the few, actually, yeah, I'll say it. One of the few places where I genuinely feel every time I'm there I get better and I learn something new and I change my stuff. So I'll say, I'll
1: say learning. Rev Pro. Uh, conspiracy. <laughs> where are them in the views? Where are the
2: promos? Release the promos, Andy. Progress.
1: Next level. PWG?
2: Epitome of independent. Final one, David Starr. Really good at professional wrestling.
1: <laughs> Where do you see yourself in five years' time?
2: No idea. I don't... I just think about tomorrow. So, like, after the show, I'm going to go back to my girlfriend's flat and have a cuddle and then tell her that she's worthless. Something like that. It's kind of, like, what I'm going for. Um... Make sure that she knows that I'm clearly the most important one in this in our relationship, and that she just needs to keep working on getting better to get to my standards. I think that's what we're gonna have to have to go with.
1: <laughs> I think that's a fantastic way uh, to end the interview, um, David. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you
2: very much. I appreciate it, man.